0: This is Church Alive's Teaching of the Week by Pastor Gene Amundsen. For additional teachings or information about the church, go to churchalive.net. Y'all ready to get to the Word? All right, all right. Well, hey, uh, we are just kind of knocking out this uh, series about our vision, and we're calling it Run With It. Everybody say run with it. Now, this comes from the scripture in Habakkuk 2.2. It says, Then the Lord replied, Write down the vision and make it plain on tablets so that a herald may what? Run with it. That's where this is coming from. So that a herald may run with it. Y'all, it's important that we as a church have a vision, Right? that we're not just aimlessly having church and don't really have a plan. No, we've got a vision. We've got a vision of what we feel like God wants to do in all of your lives and in all of our lives here at the church. And last week, we started off with part one, which was love. And that went really well, and hopefully you learned something from that. And we're kind of moving through this. But last week, we talked about the amazing love that God has for us. In addition to that, we talked about how we are to love others commanded to love others, actually. Uh, Whether they're your best friend or whether they're somebody you're not really in love with, the Lord actually commands us to love everyone. And so today we're going to talk about the second part of our vision, which is about growing. Everybody say growing. Now, I want to start out this uh, teaching today by asking you a question. Uh, Have any of you ever been stuck, stuck somehow, it could be stuck in a job that you're miserable in. Uh, if you're in a school that you're not happy about or a class that you're not happy about, you know, with it just being the first little bit of school, uh, maybe you feel stuck. Let me show you a quick picture. This is stuck too. This is my lawnmower. This is the kind of day I had yesterday. You ever have one of those days where things just don't go right? Well, the, the transmission belt or whatever broke five minutes into cutting grass. That lawnmower is stuck right now. It's not going anywhere. It can't move, right? We've all been stuck and it's a terrible feeling and it's not ideal for any of us and being stuck is very similar to stagnation. Now, we've all heard of the word stagnation and it's normally referred to as water because there's no flow, there's nothing fresh coming in, there's no progression. The thing about stagnation is, is over time, whatever it is that's stagnant starts to like get worse and worse off y'all've ever smelt like water that is stagnant and it starts to smell worse and worse. So it's like it's like backwards progress, if you will. It's going it's regression. It's going in the opposite direction. So being stuck is a terrible thing, and it can happen in many areas of our lives. But Christians, we should want to grow and we should want to improve in our lives, right? And we're talking about physically, we're talking about relationally, we're talking about spiritually, we should want to progress and grow. Can we say grow today? That's right. We we should want to grow. I mean, for instance, with our, our health, we should want to try to remain healthy. I don't think anybody's ever thrown in the towel and said, that's it. I'm just going to become unhealthy. No, we want to try to do better. We, with our jobs, we should want to be good employees because we represent the kingdom. Come on now. We should do the right thing. We should be the best employees on the payroll at our work. Uh, In our relationships, with our spouses, with our children, we should want to be better fathers and mothers, better husbands and wives, right? Uh, You know, with our finances, so many people have the attitude of, well, I'm always going to be in debt, so I might as well. No, we should make good choices. A little bit of discipline really pays off. But there's the spiritual side that we really want to hone in on today. And 2 Corinthians 3.18 says, But we all with open face beholding as in a glass, the glory of the Lord are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the spirit of the Lord. Now real quick, that's a lot of text kind of on that front end. I want us to do this. Y'all see the second part there between the commas. Let's take that out. We're not taking away from the word of God, but it'll read easier. But we all are changed into the same image from glory to glory. We got that? We're all changing the same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. I, I want somebody to hear me today. God's plan from the beginning for your life, for all of our lives, his plan was that we go from glory to glory. Amen. From faith to greater faith. Amen. Glory to glory, faith to greater faith. From realms of his presence to greater realms of his presence, amen? Right. And, and y'all, Romans 8 says that we were predestined to look like Jesus. Yes. So that means that we should always be progressing to look like Jesus. I want you to know there's never ever, somebody say never. Yes. There's never a time when we max out in that progression either. Yes, there is no level of completion with our walk with God. It's not like a video game. You know, we used to play Super Mario Brothers, and whenever you got to a certain level and you beat it, you're like, I'm done. It's not like that in our walk with the Lord. There's never a level of completion or never a place to where we get to and we max out. And the truth is, is that if we do, it's our own fault. Because his plan was never, ever for us to be at a level short of looking like Jesus. So there's always room for us to grow. Somebody say amen. There's always room for us to grow. And Church Alive, as well as Every other church uh, in the world, we were designed to grow and not to level off either. Us as a body, we were designed to grow. Now, it's not just about numbers, but I'll say this it is about touching lives, right? It's about touching lives. Um, The more we can reach, the better. Uh, And individually, we all make up the church body. But we've always, of course, got to be thinking about the future. You know, we we want to make sure that this church is always here ministering to this city down the road, And, and we shouldn't just be growing from within, and I love it whenever we have babies into the church, and it's been real fruitful since Rona, but we need to also grow from the outside coming in, right? From the outside in. That's actually the way the church was designed to grow, and that requires us to get outside these walls. Now, Luke 14, 23 says this, Then the master told his servant, Go out to the roads and the country lanes, and what? Compel. Compel them to come in so that my house will be full. Now, look at that word compel. It doesn't just say, just kind of invite them. No, they're actually, that word compel shows that there's a bit of an urgency and a little bit of a consistency And almost like persuading people, like, listen, this is what you need in your life. Come on, you need to come in. Y'all know people in your lives that they need this right now. Come on, somebody say amen, right? And and just like in this verse, we need to be compelling them that they need to come on in. And we need to be telling the whole world, our community, everybody about what Jesus has done in our lives. And and let me tell you, people need it. People are looking for hope right now. They want to hear your story. But getting back to our vision, I want us to look at how we need to be growing. Okay, So this includes us individually, but also as a church. And the first thing today is is that we need to grow in our relationship with God. That's pretty obvious. That's about us growing spiritually. Now, I want to give you a quick heads up. You may not have ever thought about this, but Jesus actually came to earth. And whenever he came to earth, he didn't know everything spiritually. You may think, well, he was the son of God. He's part of the Trinity. How did he not know it all? Uh, Well, Luke 2.52 says, and Jesus did what? He grew. Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and with man. We see that Jesus actually learned more and more as he was aging. He grew spiritually, and we should expect to have to do the same thing ourselves, right? We need to grow spiritually as well. He didn't come to earth fully developed, and have it all together. And he knew that we would need an example to follow as well. Amen. So if Jesus grew spiritually, don't you think we probably need to grow spiritually? Yeah. I've said this about Jesus and the Holy Spirit. If Jesus had the Holy Spirit come upon him, don't we probably need the Holy Spirit to come upon us? Yeah. Right? Yeah. But we don't just flip a switch and have it all together. It's a process that takes time. It takes effort. And it takes discipline. Yeah. Discipline. Not the most fun word. First Peter 2 1 through 3 says, So get rid of all evil behavior. Be done with all deceit, hypocrisy, be done with jealousy and all unkind speech. Y'all, that's a discipline right there. To be done with those things. Verse 2, like newborn babies, you must crave pure spiritual milk so that you will grow into full into a full experience of salvation. Cry out for this nourishment now that you have had a taste of the Lord's kindness. Now we can all probably say that we've experienced or tasted the Lord's kindness or the Lord's goodness. Anybody in here ever experienced that? Amen. Amen. Come on. Can we just give God praise for his goodness? Amen. And I don't know about you, but once I've experienced the goodness of God, I want to experience more of it. In fact, I crave it. I want more of it. But I want you to know you experience more of his goodness whenever you continually grow. That's our word for today. Whenever we continually grow in our relationship with him. That's how we experience more and more of it. It's not going the opposite way from him. That's not how we experience it. It's growing closer to him. But y'all, we've each got a choice. Uh, You know, many accept the Lord's salvation. And the attitude is kind of, well, I should probably get saved. And then they kind of put it in neutral, or they just kind of coast. Maybe you know what I'm talking about. I mean, these are folks that they're defeated. They're not really walking in any kind of spiritual authority. There's really not a lot of spiritual maturity there. And please understand, I'm not throwing stones, all right? We've just seen it over the years. We, we have. They, they really don't know what the Word says. They focus on what they see around them rather than focusing on what the Word of God says about the situation. Come on now. They focus on on their surroundings. You know, their relationships may not be that best, and so they're not getting built up because they're not around strong believers. You know, they're existing. They're not really living. They don't know any scripture, really, very little, although a very popular one is is that God won't put more on them than they can can handle, which, as we know, comes from the book of Second Hesitations. (laughs) And that verse is right, Behind, cleanliness is next to godliness, too. But you have those that they just kind of coast, but then you have those who are all in for God. Is anybody in here all in? Come on. You want all that God's got for you. You know, they understand who they are and whose they are. Uh, They want all that God has for them, and they live an overcoming life because they know the Word of God, they know the promises of God, and they run after God. Uh, they're people that are filled with hope. They're people that are not paralyzed by fear. Come on. They got strong relationships and they even welcome accountability. They got people in their life, and, and if somebody sees something and has to get honest with them, they can take it like a real man or a real woman. Yo, you need people like that in your life. I need people like that in my life. And they want to grow, just continually grow in their relationship with God. And so the truth is a desire for more of God and being in his word regularly is necessary if we want to grow in our relationship with him. It's necessary. And a lack of focus or a lack of discipline, you know, will actually make the word not fruitful in our lives. It'll make it unfruitful. Y'all remember the parable about the seed that was sown in Mark 4, starting in verse 18, Uh, It says, still others like seeds sown among thorns hear the word, but the worries, the worries of this light, the deceitfulness of wealth and the desires for other things come in. It chokes the word and it makes it unfruitful. That's why we talk about we've got to focus. We've got to be disciplined to, to draw closer to him. We've got to be focused on him if we want to, to have the Word being fruitful in our lives. Amen. And so let's talk about the Word of God because we must know it. Amen? We've got to know the Word of God. Um, I'm going to go ahead and tell you, there are times whenever the Word of God, whenever I read this, that sometimes it's hard to swallow what I'm reading. Anybody ever been there before? Amen. Sometimes truth is just hard to swallow, but it's the Word of God. Uh, it often tells us things that we may not want to hear, like, We've got to love everybody. We learned that last week, didn't we? Whenever we talked about the fact that we've got to love everyone, did any of you guys feel like, oh, man? Anybody feel that way? Like, everyone? Uh, but it tells us how we should live as well. And our first mission point here at Church Alive is that we're, we're to teach the Word, right? Right? That we're to teach the word and we don't compromise the word. We teach the word as as it's written. And our teaching team here and those who are ministry leaders, we want that to be the case in every ministry within this church. That we want to, to give the word as it's written, even if it's hard to swallow at times even if it's somewhat offensive at times, because I want you to understand there can be times whenever we're doing things that are not right and the word of God speaks right to our situation and there can be an offense. God's not trying to hurt anybody's feelings. He's just giving you truth. And, and, And you may say it's offensive. No, it's probably the Holy Spirit's what it is. You know, just working on you and just dealing with you. But, you know, I read the other day, I was in the King James Version in Proverbs, and this right here, I love this version, Uh, it's talking about disciplining your children. Proverbs 23, 14, I'm just going to read it to you. Thou shalt beat him with the rod, and thou shalt deliver his soul from hell. That's a little tough, isn't it? I mean, King James just like hit us hard without and Beat him with a rod. You ain't going to kill them. There we go. But the truth is, is that it's saying in the word of God, you need to discipline your children because it may save them from hell. There's a lot of people that will take the suggestions of counselors and all these like therapists who don't even know the Lord over the word of God. And these are believers that are doing this. But sometimes we read something and it's like, that doesn't sit very well with us listen, it's the word of God. We want to teach a balanced word here. Uh, Second Timothy 2.15 says that we need to correctly handle the word of truth. And I'll tell you, this is something that I take really serious. You want to know why? Because I'm going to stand before God for how I led this church and it scares the mess out of me because I don't want the Lord to ever look at me and say, why didn't you tell them that? It was in my word. So, we need to grow in our relationship with God. Next, we need to grow in our relationship with our church family. Anybody want to say amen to that one? Amen. That's a good thing right there. 1 Corinthians 1.10 says, I appeal to you, brothers and sisters, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, this is Paul speaking, that all of you agree with one another in what you say, and that there be no divisions among you, but that you be perfectly united in mind and thought. No divisions, but that we're united in mind and thought. Now, you may say, Gene, that seems a little impossible. Let's just think about it for a minute. Now, in our homes, everybody that's got children here, you expect your children to get along and there to be unity in your house. Is that correct? I want to go ahead and tell you, that's exactly what God expects in his house too. I'm going to go ahead and tell you, that's exactly what the leadership and the elders and I expect in this house as well. Unity. Somebody say unity. Some of you have gone through some really, really hard situations in your past church, and some of you have been hurt, and I want to say I'm sorry. The church is made up of humans, people that are not perfect. Right. And I know a lot of people, they've been turned off before because of something uh, that happened in a church, and, and they just walked away from the church, and again, I am so sorry. There are times whenever people get hurt, and, and I'm, again, I just want to say sorry, but, but y'all, we, we strive to have unity in this house. Amen. Whenever something comes up that's not of God, we we try to deal with it quickly. Amen? Elders, is that correct? We try to deal with it quickly because we want to protect this house. Come on now. Y'all have heard me say it before. We deal with enough drama at work, we deal with enough drama at school. I don't expect you to have to deal with it whenever you enter these doors here. This is one place, this is one place you should never have to deal with that mess. And so I assure you that we work to try to get that mess out of here. And if I were to be really serious, or just really honest and sincere with you, there have been, and it's happened multiple times since I was in as pastor, that me and the elders have had to dismiss people from this church. Matthew 18 is what we call it. Whenever you look in the Word, there's a process. And whenever that process is going through and somebody is not repentant, you have to dismiss them. Why? For the health of this body, that's why. Because we don't want that mess to spread. Is anybody happy that we're doing it based on what the word says? Amen. Amen. But there needs to be unity in this house. And many of our relationships outside of church are are okay. They're they're maybe not the best because it's not really iron sharpening iron. But here in this house, man, you're around people that are going to strengthen you. Come on. You know those those relationships outside of church. A lot of times they're negative, and a lot of times they're people that they kind of got your back until you go through a hard time, That's right. and then they're really not very much support at that point. But I'll tell you, this house right here, a good church family, man, it's fantastic to have. Uh, here, healthy relationships are possible. You can connect with people that really care for you. You can support each other. You're being supported at the same time. Y'all, I want to tell you, believers should never have to walk through dark times alone. Should never have to walk through dark times alone. We laugh together, y'all. We cry together. Whenever one of us is hurting, we're all hurting. Amen? It's the way the body is. This body here. And I'll tell you, I I know a lot of folks, and I've just seen it over the years, or I've seen over the years a lot of folks, let let me word it that way, that They've just been real hesitant to connect to a church. It's almost like they don't want to commit, you know. Looking at, through my life, because I've been in church <laughs> from day one, and I can honestly say that it's been my family's closest relationships have been there. They've been there. And our families walked through some hard times, just like probably every one of y'all have. And I can remember just over the years that those were the people who gathered around us, who supported us, who encouraged us, who would call my parents and say, why don't y'all come over for dinner tonight and just loved on us and just prayed for us? Your coworkers aren't going to do that for you. In the house of God, you see that happening. Amen? Such healthy relationships that we all need. And it's just a beautiful thing. We all need those. And verse 11, back in 1 Corinthians 1, it says, My brothers and sisters, some from Chloe's household, have informed me that there are quarrels among you. What I mean is this, is one of you says, I follow Paul. Another says, I follow Apollos. And another says, I follow Cephas, which, by the way, is Peter in the Greek. Still another, I follow Christ. Uh, Paul was addressing some division in the church here. And he wasn't asking for tolerance, but what he was doing was he was encouraging them to keep their eyes on Jesus. What you had was here in the New Testament church, you've got some people that came to know the Lord underneath the ministry of Peter, some under the ministry of Paul, some under the ministry of Apollos. And so what they were doing is they kind of started to get a little cliquish. Like, well, I'm one of Paul's guys or, you know, kind of came from Paul's ministry and I came from Peter's ministry. And Paul was like, you just, just put all that mess away. It doesn't matter. The end result is what matters is that you came to know the Lord and the focus is on Jesus. That's what Paul was trying to tell them there. And y'all, the enemy works a lot of times to try to bring division into churches over little things. Anybody ever seen that before? You know, carpet colors and that kind of stuff, right? He tries to get into churches, and he tries to bring division uh, over personal beliefs a lot of times, just really little things. And we can get very hyper-focused on things if we don't watch it, and we totally are missing the big picture. So for instance, you know, we've been asked from time to time, why don't we sing from hymnals? Why don't we do communion more often? Why don't we do a good old-fashioned Jericho march around this place? Come on, somebody. You know, I can't believe that somebody wore a hat in church. Um, Why don't we have Sunday school? i got to be honest with you. If you want to teach Sunday school, you need to go teach in kids ministry, and we'll deal with Sunday school later. Somebody say amen. Amen. Uh, Why don't people sing specials like we used to in my old church? I mean, sometimes we get these questions, and people will get hyper-focused on one thing, but let's keep the big picture or the main thing the main thing. Amen? Amen. Uh, You know, God sent Jesus to save us. And then Jesus leaves the Holy Spirit here with us. And y'all, I want you to know my focus is is that people know Jesus, that they live an overcoming life because of the Holy Spirit living inside of them. Y'all, some of these other little things are just not my focus or the leadership's focus of the church. Somebody say amen. We want to see people come to the kingdom. We want to see people get strengthened and are living a victorious life. That's our focus here at the church. And don't let the enemy use little things to get you a little sideways and to get you offended at the church. Amen? Amen. You know, uh, those examples that I mentioned, and those were just like some goofy ones I was thinking of and just typing yesterday. They're, they're really not that important, I don't think, in the major picture at all. I just want to see God wreck some lives. Come on. Because there are some stories in here where some people have absolutely been wrecked because of an encounter with God. And y'all, that's what's important. That's what's important. We've got to keep our eyes on Jesus and not let Satan distract us. And also, we need to make sure that we don't let Satan use the word or maybe something that is preached from here, like maybe one little thing that you might not agree with to bring division either. I want you to know that this, this Bible right here is filled with thousands of scriptures. And there are multiple ways to interpret some of these scriptures. And I want you to know that I've got elders in my life that in case I interpret one that they feel is off base, we talk about it. Is that correct, elders? Amen. But sometimes we will have different beliefs about different things. You may, whenever it comes to the end times, may feel that we're going to be pre-trib, post-trib. Uh, there are different ways to interpret some of this, and you're probably not going to agree with 100% of everything that's said from this pulpit. But as I've said before... Sometimes we have to take it like we eat catfish. Eat the meat. If there's a little bone, just pull it out and set it to the side, right? After the Holy Spirit hit the scene, though, y'all, the church had such unity, getting back to unity. In Acts 4, verse 32, it says, All believers were one in heart and mind. No one claimed that any of their possessions was their own, but they shared everything they had. With great power power the apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And God's grace was so powerfully at work in them all. I want us to look at a couple of things right there. It talks about with great power, with great power, whenever the Holy Spirit had come upon them, they continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. But in this, it says that God's grace was so powerfully at work in them. They took care of each other. Y'all, they loved each other. Uh, You know, I can imagine that just the atmosphere whenever they were together was just so sweet because they had just come to the Lord. And you can just imagine just just the presence of God being there. They cared for each other. They prayed for each other. They supported each other. And don't y'all want that in your lives? Amen? Just that kind of unity. They took care of each other. You know, 1 Corinthians 12, uh, 12 through 31 talks about the body of Christ being made up of, of different parts. And all those parts come to work together. Everybody say work together. Uh, They they, they work together and there's no parts that are more important than the other. In fact, there's a beautiful description there about how we need every little part. Whether you're young or old, whether you're a male or a female, you're needed in this house. You're needed in this body. And then chapter 12 also gets into spiritual gifts. And, And... As any church gets more and more unified, that body starts working better together and they're more effective for the kingdom as a result. More is going to get done. More salvations. More people touched. More lives touched. More healings. It's going to be great. Amen? Y'all remember that, that family is good, but we need to be growing And like growing also from the outside in so that people can experience what you've experienced. Do we agree with that today? We can't get too comfortable. And y'all, we should never have that us for and no more attitude, right? I mean, this is a great church. You know, if everybody is at Church Alive, we're not massive. We're about 175 if everybody's here. But but God's got greater things for the church, Amen? amen? And God wants to use all of us as that body that we just talked about to do more for the kingdom of God. He wants unity in this house and he wants us all to love as he said to love as well. All right, number three is we need to grow in our relationships with our community. Grow in our relationships with our community. Whenever you're growing in God and whenever you're growing in a church body, ultimately it prepares us to impact our community. Growing in our relationship with God, growing in our church body, we are then prepared to go and impact our community. Matthew 28, 19, and you know this. Go. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Jesus was telling these disciples who had grown, he was saying, listen, go help others grow as well. Go help them grow. You've grown, you've matured, now go and see it happen in the lives of others as well. And then in Matthew 5, 14 through 16, It says, You're the light of the world, like a city. Hold on. Y'all, you're all the light of the world. Somebody say, I'm the light. light. You're the light of the world. I'm the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Listen to me. Nobody should be the light of the world, but then not tell anybody. Right? Y'all remember the old song, Hide it under a bushel? No, I'm going to let it shine you got to let it shine. Nobody lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. You're the light of the world. As you leave this place, people should see Jesus all over you. Come on. Y'all have run into those people before. Have you ever just had an encounter and, and you're like, you know the Lord, don't you? because they're just glowing. Have y'all ever had those times? Can I tell you, we all need to have that glow on us whenever we leave this house. And it doesn't need to get dim around the end of the week. It needs to stay glowing, right? And then people need to see our good deeds, see the way we love them, just like what we read here just a moment ago in verse 16. And then what it's gonna do is it's just gonna point those people to Jesus. They're gonna come to know the Lord based on what they saw in our lives, Jesus was saying here, listen, you've got something that others need to know. Get outside the walls and go tell them, is what he was saying right there. And I, I want you to also know this. We need to be known in our communities. As we're talking about growing in our relationship with our community, we need to be known. We need to be known as people with integrity. People full of God, amen? With good reputations. Now, I want you to think about this. We, we kicked off earlier, and I was telling you that, that Jesus grew. Right, It says, Luke 2.52, And Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and who? Man. And man. As you're loving people, like what we talked about last week, as we're growing in our relationship with God, the favor of God will be operating in our life. We're going to see it in our life. But in addition to that, y'all, you're also going to see the favor of man in your life as well. And that's part of growing in our relationship with our community. But y'all, we've got to take his message outside of these walls, Amen? amen? We've got to take it outside of these walls. And you know, there's multiple ways we can do it. The first thing is this, is just talking to our neighbor. Talking to our coworkers. Talking to the people at the ball field. There's so many opportunities for us to do it. If you will, stand with me this morning. Maybe some of you have have felt that you've been in that place of being stuck. Uh, Maybe it's some of the examples I gave. You're you're stuck in a job that you're just miserable in. Uh, Maybe something's not right with a relationship or your marriage. Um, There's a number of things that it could be. Maybe you are stuck spiritually, you feel like. You feel like you just are not progressing with the Lord. Um, This morning, if you need prayer, I've got some folks that are going to come up this morning. Um, I want you to come up and let them pray for you. I think we can all agree that we all need prayer, amen? Um, I've been needing some prayer lately. Uh, but, but I encourage those folks to come on up. And if you need prayer about anything, you may say, well, I'm not necessarily stuck. I'm just dealing with this situation or that situation. We could use prayer about anything. I, I encourage you to come up. Father, today, God, I just ask, Lord, as we're starting to, to wrap up service, Lord, as we talked about last week, that God, we always know how much you love us. And Lord, that we love others the same way that you love us. God, I pray that today, Father, we just all begin to grow more and more in our relationship with you. Father, we grow in our relationship with our family here. And Lord, in our community as well. Father, we truly want to be a light. Lord, just like what we read earlier, Father. Lord, that other people will see you whenever they see us. And God, it's going to cause them, God, to come to know you as a result, Lord. Lord, I declare over this house, God, that we are the light of the world, God. Lord, that we shine that light, Father, as we exit this place today, God. Lord, in our homes, Father, in the workplace, Father, just around town, Father, that we shine your light, And God, we thank you for it in the mighty name of Jesus. Can somebody say amen today? All right, hey, we're going to worship. We've got one more worship song and we're going to end service. But if you need prayer, prayer about anything this morning, y'all come on down. The altars are open and we would love to pray with you. Thank you again for listening to Church Alive's Teaching of the Week with Pastor Gene Amoson. We invite you to join us for our Sunday morning worship service every Sunday at 10 o'clock or learn more at churchalive.net.